for being in our midst, Lord, as the Lord of resurrection and life. Thank you, Father, for your strength. Thank you for your power. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That you have given, O Father, to us to live for you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I pray that you will minister to our hearts at this hour. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts to obey. I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is pouring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of the people. I bind them in Jesus' name, take victory in Jesus' name. Every demonic spirit that tries to lift itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I bring them under the subjection of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I ask you, Lord, that your prevailing power may prevail over the powers of darkness of this hour. And I pray that you will minister your truth. And I pray that you will fill us with your truth. For you said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I pray, Father, may the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ set your people free. I come against every haughty spirit every spirit of unbelief, every demonic spirit that tries to distract your people from hearing the word of God, every evil spirit that tries to give pain, drowsiness, tiredness, lethargy. I bind those unclean spirits in Jesus' name. I take victory in Jesus' name. I ask you, Father, that you will broaden the understanding of your people Enlarging their capacity to receive, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray, may people sincerely desire the Word of God. And I pray that your fresh manner be readily available to us, O Lord, this morning. We ask you that you will distribute your Blessings that you have for us, O Lord, this morning. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We're going to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. I'm going to read from verse 11. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 15, from verse 11. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 15 from verse 11 onwards. Then he said, he is Jesus, then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. 
But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15 Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing so he called one of his one of the servants, and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he, and, so, so he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this young, as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf, fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Praise be to God. The Spirit of the Lord just gave this passage for us to meditate on this morning. The parable of the lost son. is a parable that Jesus gave to not only the people who lived during his lifetime but for all of us here for our generation and in the generations to come to know the heart of the Father how God operates how we should be our responsibility before God and how God handles the situation in his house with his children. This parable of the lost son talks about two sons who belonged to a father who lived with the father who had everything the father had including the inheritance. Everything was there, set for both the sons. One son decided to leave the house, leave the father, and go and do what he wanted to do. What he thought that he should do. The other son decided that he would continue to stay in the father's house 
with the Father and obey his Father. This prodigal son parable does not talk about unbelievers. A lot of times people use this parable to talk about people who are not saved. The story that God has given here talks about believers who are in the household of faith, who are in the family of God, to choose the wrong path and leave the house of God and go their own way. It's very important for us to know that the protection for a believer is within the Father's house, within the home where the Father is. The key is the Father. Where God is, we're safe. In God's house, we're safe. In His presence, we're safe. Obeying Him, we stay safe. When we look at the two sons here, one son suddenly gets a bright idea. Where is that idea coming from? From Satan. What was Satan's idea? Satan's idea was to pull him away from the father, pull him away from the father's house, take him away. What's going to happen when you leave the father's house? The demon that takes a person away from the Father's house, away from the Father, away from the house of God, away from the safe zone, safety net, is going to take the prodigal son further down the path of destruction. Only when a believer is not walking right with God, when a believer who is in the house of God, in the family of God, who is not walking right with God, has given themselves over to sin in their lives, will follow through with a voice that is not of God to depart from the ways of God, to depart from the house of God, to depart from the family of God, to depart from the Father, from the people of God. That's what happened to the prodigal son. The older son stayed because he was an obedient son. He listened to the Father. His heart was obedient, humble, faithful to the Father. Whatever the Father said, he did. He worked for the Father. He had all the inheritance from the Father because he stayed with the Father. Now the younger son said, I need to go. I'm not comfortable here. I'm uncomfortable in the Father's house. And so, I'm going to go. I'm not going to be here. And he came to the Father and he said, Give me my inheritance. And the Father didn't have to do anything. It's the Father's property. It's the Father's riches. Children should remember this. Whoever it is, you have to remember. If your parent gives you something, it's out of the goodness of their heart, they give you. You're not entitled for anything unless you work and it's your own money. When the parents give, that gratitude should be there that they gave. And I have to be thankful for what my mother is doing, what my father is doing. That entitlement to the things that the parents have, entitlement to, oh, I need to have this, they need to do this for me, is a foolish spirit that enters into the hearts of rebellious, foolish children that come from a crooked and perverse generation, according to God's word. The wealth of the parents belong to the parents. They work hard, they earn. Whether they keep it or they give it away, it's up to them. And for the children to go and fight and say, give it 
to me, it is mine, or I need it, you should give it, or you should not give it to this one, you should have given it to me, it's not the right thing to do. Every parent has the right to decide whom they want to give, how much, and when, and how to. Each child needs to have the integrity to work hard and to earn their living and to save up or do whatever they need to do in order for them to live on their own. Not to go and fight for what their parents have and try to get what they have and try to say that, oh, I'm a child and you need to give it. No parent need to give anything to the child once the child is grown. But it's the goodness of their heart they give because they love their children. But the entitlement and being greedy, like the prodigal son, is a very bad, bad, bad trait. Satan's trait. It's not from God. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Whether we get something from our parents or not, we need to be thankful to God for what they have done so far. And we need to do what we need to do before God in order to honor them. Every child needs to understand this. A bitter spirit, a bitter attitude, a bitter heart is a trait of Satan. When a child opens the door for discontentment and thinks that they know better than the parents, they've opened themselves up to foolish spirits. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And before fall comes pride. Before honor comes humility. This prodigal son went to the father and he boldly asked him for the inheritance. He's saying, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. The father could have said, I don't have to give you anything. But he gave it. You know why? The father is still alive. While the father is alive, he's coming and asking for his share. Supposedly his share. He doesn't have to do anything. He can just write his property off to anyone. But his father was kind enough to give him what he asked. It could have broken his heart. While he's alive, this fellow is coming and asking for his share, so to speak. He doesn't deserve anything. The father doesn't have to give him anything. But that's the heart of the father. God's love. He gave him his share. Many times in the Bible we see the children of Israel through tantrums to God. We need this, we need this, we need this. Give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. What happened? Even though it was not God's will, God gave them what they asked for and it became a snare, it became a curse. They went and screamed and spoke bitter words against God when they wanted meat. What happened? God gave. Many people died after that. It will never be a blessing when we try to throw tantrums and try to force our way before God, thinking that we'll get what we want. It doesn't happen like that. God will give sometimes what we want. Like a parent who's just vexed because the child behaves a certain way and say, get lost, take this and go. It's never going to be a blessing. <laughs> grieving the heart of a mother, grieving the heart of a father, will in turn become a curse to the children. We have to understand we are in a very 
rebellious, disobedient generation who has no regard for authority whatsoever. They have no regard for parents. They have no regard for any kind of authority. They think they're equal with their mom, equal with their dad, say whatever they want to say. Many think that they even know more than the father, more than the mother, more than the elders. And come and spill their foolishness in front of them. May God have mercy when people try to act wise when they are not. True wisdom is following the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the path of humility. True wisdom is following the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is living a life of self-sacrifice. That means you first. True wisdom is following the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is forgiving. Jesus said this. If you want to go to church and offer a sacrifice or give an offering, make sure you reconcile before you even go and bring anything to the altar. It's very important. We follow the principle of heaven. The Father here represents God the Father. We have to understand. Jesus never gives a parable out of context and for no reason. The Father gave what the Son wanted. He never said no. This is what you want? Go. Why? Why did he do that? Because he knew that there's going to be a consequence that the son who came so arrogantly and foolishly came and got the inheritance from the father in order to leave the father. It's not like Oh, I got something from the Father. I'm so thankful. I'm going to use this and multiply this and I'm going to show my Father how I used His resource and I made Him happy. No. This was a fool who came to break the heart of the Father and said, I'm going to take what you have and I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go. I'm going to get everything from you. Whatever you did for me, I'll take everything and then I'll go. I'll go my way. Because I know better than you. You see? What did the father do? The father said, Take it. Go. Now this son left. And he went. Everything looked like it was good. Have you seen this? We've seen this as pastors. Many people rebelliously will leave the presence of God and everything will look like it's going really good only for a short time. For some time it looked like everything is fine. Oh, we did this, we spoke this. Everything looked fine until the crash comes suddenly. That's what happened to this prodigal son. He took everything and he went and he spent everything on wasteful spending and everything looked like fine. It looked like he was having a good time. It looked as if he was having the time of his life and his brother didn't know how to live and his brother is being obedient to the father and he's working and working and working and working and working in the father's house and he doesn't know how to enjoy life. It, look at me, how wise I am, how smart I am. What a fool he was. There's no safety, there's no protection apart from the father, apart from the father's house. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, the Bible says. What did he do? He took the father's inheritance. It's not even his own money. He took whatever the father gave. He went against the father, did everything that the father would hate. Did everything that the father would hate. Everything looks fine. Heaven didn't stop him from doing whatever he did. His father didn't come and plead with him by the door. Oh, son, don't go. His father didn't come and sit and give him a big lecture. Well, when you take this inheritance, make sure you don't go to the heartless. Make sure you don't go here. Then no. His father very well knew. He knew what kind of a son 
the second one was you asking me this i know you're going to leave i'll give it to you go go you're making a choice go and this is what god the father said in his holy word life and death are set before you choose which one you want blessings and curses are set before you choose which one you want god is never going to run after us he will show us the way and that's what the father did obviously you have one son out of two sons who really turned out to be really good that shows that the father raised the children in the right way one chose to become a prodigal he showed them the way one knew to follow the footsteps of the father and stay with him and work and be studious and be faithful be loyal be hard working the other one chose to hang out with the wrong crowd chose to become a heartache to the father came and got everything and went the opposite way did everything that the father hated now he went to the he went to a place that's far away far away far away from where the father was no regard for the father's money no regard for how hard he worked no regard for his father no regard at all how his father was what he was going through and he's old and he's suffering of what his need may be and he'll he'll miss him and he's going to worry about it nothing all about me me centered people will give a lot of heartache to those who are around them because the whole world is about themselves they always think about themselves they always right the whole world is wrong they are the only ones who are suffering everyone is happy those are me centered people their eyes are always upon themselves when your eyes are always upon yourself everything will look crooked whatever is right will look wrong and whatever wrong will look right your perception will be altered because me centered spirit is demonic spirit and satan will pervert everything from your outlook to your thinking to your choices everything will be influenced by that me centered spirit which will drag you to the depths of hell remember that what happened to the prodigal son will happen to anyone and everyone who's me centered no one is an exception So what happened here? He went far away, far away. And then what did he do? He wasted his possession, everything that the father did for him. He just threw everything in the dump. He wasted with prodigal living. When he had spent all there arose a famine. This is how God works. Short time, everything looks nice. Self-righteous Look how I'm praying. Look how I'm reading. Look, I'm doing good. Father doesn't know how to live. I know how to live. Famine didn't come at that time. God knows how to time everything and send chastening at the right time. Sorrow will come in a very strategic manner when there's no way of escape. That's how God works. That's God's mercy. After he spent everything came the famine. It didn't come before that. He was put in a place where he cannot go to the north, he cannot go to the south, he cannot go to the east, he cannot go to the west. Where did he land? He went to a place where pigs were. That's what happens. That's what happens. when a person in the spirit become a pig they end up physically itself with the swine that's what happened to samson he was driven by immoral spirits lost his spiritual vision ended up losing his physical eyesight 
There's a correlation to it. It's not a coincidence. It's a judgment of God. So what happened to the prodigal son? He was driven by demonic spirits, left his safe haven, left the protection and the love that the Lord had for him, left when he left the Father's house, he left the Heavenly Father. That's the connection between the Father's house and the Heavenly Father. He felt he was okay. He felt he was fine. Up until a certain point. Only to find himself in a place where he never thought he would end up. He ended up where? Let's read verse 15. Luke chapter 15, verse 15. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. That's what will happen. When we leave God's protection, when we leave God's perfect will, when we leave the will of God, when we leave the house of God, the demonic spirits will lead such people further down the drain. What's he doing? He's joining himself where? To a citizen. To the very same place where he destroyed himself and he's actually going further and what happened that place was a trap for him a trap that he can never get out unless he truly repents the citizen of the country he didn't say well come I'll share my food with you no he sent him to feed the swine. Satan will never give you what he has. Satan will never give you, when I say what he has is good things. Satan will come to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll show you good things, but he will not give any good things to you. He will show you happiness, joy, glamour, promotion, Peace, a good home, a good life, a lot of imaginary things, illusion. What a deception. Because he will not offer anything good because there's nothing good in him. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He will offer the worst thing. That's what happened to the prodigal son. The citizen of that far country gave this boy who is not a citizen of that country or he belonged to, to another country his father belonged to another country what is he doing over here in this strange land joining himself with a stranger there many people leave God leave the house of God the people of God the family of God. What will happen at the end? They will leave everything that the Lord had, join themselves to another country. We only have two countries. One is heaven. The other is hell. Citizen of heaven or citizen of hell. Child of God or child of the devil. Jesus said that. He told some of the Jews, your father's the devil. Your father's killed the prophets. Satan comes to steal, kill. When a person does what Satan does, they belong to Satan. Immorality is not from God, it's from Satan. Self-pity, self-centeredness, anger, wrath, evil speaking, vengeance, unforgiveness is not from God. May it not be found in any believer. The Bible says, such people will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. No matter how long you may be coming to our battle. No matter how many miracles God may have done for you. Remember, 
You don't want to become like the prodigal son who received the inheritance and left the kingdom of God by choice. As a result of that, went to a place, joined himself to a citizen, to a stranger of another country. I went to feed the pigs. Verse 16 is a very sad verse. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. This is what will happen when we leave the path of God, leave the will of God, leave the place that God has for us. The Lord spoke to us last week. Moses was a wise son. He chose to suffer with the people of God by forsaking the sinful pleasures of Egypt. He did not want to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He knew who he belonged to, where he's from, who his God is. May God help us to be wise and not foolish in our choices, in our behavior, in our mannerisms, that our results may be from God and not from Satan. Now he's reaping the consequence of his choice. He made choices. The Bible says there's a time to sow and then there's a time to reap. Whatever you sow, you will reap without fail. Whatever you sow, whatever you sow, you will reap. That's the spiritual law. You sow wickedness, you will reap the fruit of wickedness. If you sow into righteousness, the Bible says you will reap the fruit of righteousness, which is eternal life. So he sowed wickedness, and the end is, he's looking to eat the pig's food. He couldn't even get that. At the end, verse 17 says, he came to his senses when he thought about what he had. That even the father's servants had bread enough not only for them to eat but to spare. And meanwhile, he's suffering from hunger. It's unfortunate. It's not like he missed his father and he was thinking about how good his father was and how he gave and how he wasted. No. Still, it's about me. I'm hungry. Whatever the motivation is, he decided to go back to the Father. Why? Because he was hungry. May God help us if we are people who are self-centered, who have a cloudy vision, a vision that is covered with self. All that person's eyes would see is all about me. Now, this person is thinking here, I need to get up and go because I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. I'm not getting anything. Look, my father's servants, at least they had good food over there I'm not getting anything and so he's saying I need to have food so I'm going to go and I'm going to repent I'm going to ask for forgiveness his motive to go back was self again he wanted to eat but however at least he went back for that sake and may that not be the motive of any child of God 
You don't want to go to God just to get things. You don't want to go to God because you need things. You need to go to God because you miss Him. You need to go to God because He's been good to you. You need to go to God because He is your life. Because He is your everything. We need to be in the house of the Lord because we want to see Him. We need to be in the house of the Lord. We need to be in the Father's house because we want to hear from Him. That should be the motive. Anybody coming to church, that should be the motive. We're coming to Jesus. We're coming to see Him. We're coming to hear from Him. There shouldn't be any other motive. So this man goes back. He wants to repent. He's deciding when to repent. And he thinks before he goes, he says, this is what I'm going to say. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. He realized what he did was wrong. He knows one thing. I can't simply go and show up at the door. I can't simply go and say, take me in, Dad, because I'm your son. You've got to take me in. It doesn't work that way. When we come back, it is important to come back with the right attitude and with a repentant heart. The true remorse in, better never do it again. He knew that. That's the only thing that's going to work with his dad. By the way, his dad never went after him. He left the father's house and he went. He chose to leave. And in order for him to come back, he has to choose to come back. The father did not go after him. The father stayed in his house. Until he saw him come towards his house, the father did not go after the prodigal son. Only when he saw the prodigal son come back and he saw him coming towards him, he ran. Never take the grace of God for granted. Especially when we know God and we make wrong choices. Never think God is going to come after you. He will not. There is a point of no return. It is important to hearken to the voice of the Almighty God while it is time, while it is day, to straighten out, to clean up your act, to repent where repentance is necessary, and to return to the Father. Because those who don't return will lose substantially and end up losing their soul. There's no safety apart from God Almighty. There's no safety apart from being in the presence of God. There's no safety apart from serving the Almighty God. What a privilege it is to serve God. What a privilege it is for Him to serve His Father. He threw everything away. Every son is called to serve the Father. can't just sit there. Every believer in the church, we need to understand this. There's a time for the child to be a little child and drink milk and eat solid food and grow. Once a child starts growing, every child has to contribute. Every child has to become responsible. Every child has to do something. Even a little child is given a chore. Clean up your toys. Put this stuff back. Don't keep things messy. Put your plate in the sink once you're done. When they grow up a little more, they're given a little more tasks. Wash your dishes. Whatever you do, do it properly. Don't do a half job. Good parents will raise their children in a responsible manner. It's important to be children 
who would contribute to the family. Same thing goes in the household of faith. As we come to the house of God, we have to be holy. We have to be people who are living a pure life, a holy life. Before God Almighty, having received everything from God week after week after week in the house of God. Should grow up to the place where we need to be holy and consecrated to the Lord and to be able to serve God in the house of God. Can't be a sick child all the time. I'm sick all the time. I'm sick all the time so I can't carry my plate. I'm sick all the time so I can't do this. I'm sick all the time. How long will the parents be getting sick all the time? Someone can be sick all the time but they need to get better. The whole focus of a hospital is to get the patient to get better if it's a good hospital. If it's a money-making hospital, keep them sick. Every parent wants their child to get better. And it's a joy for them to see when the child is able to get up and work. Because the child is now becoming normal. The child is able to be healthy and be productive. Every citizen is expected to contribute to the society. How much more when it comes to the house of God? Without holiness, no one can touch anything that belongs to God. We know that very well in our church. But we cannot keep that as an excuse, saying that I'm not holy, I'm not holy, so I'm not going to be doing anything in the house of God. And let a few people slog night and day. It's wrong in the sight of God. It's important to come to a place where we say, my hands are clean, my heart is clean, my eyes are not adulterous, my mouth is not foul, my ears are not filthy. My body is pure before God and I'm fit to serve God. My conscience is pure before God. Only those people can touch the work of God. It is important for every believer to come to that stage where I am consecrated to the living God. That I'm here to serve God. Not just to come and eat and eat and eat and never grow. Eat and eat and eat and stay sick and always claim sick. I'm sick. I'm not healthy. I'm sick. What are you eating then? Or are you eating? Why are you not eating? Is the word of God powerful enough? Or what are you doing with the word of God? That you're getting every single day of the week. May God speak to our hearts of this hour and do a work of surgery and pull out every poison that is in there Make you fit to serve God. Because what you do for Christ alone is going to last in this world. Not what bank balance you have. Not how many houses you have. Not how many degrees you have. And not how many medals and how many awards you have. Not even how many people speak well of you. What you do for God alone is going to stand. Everything else will be burned. And when we touch the work of God, we better make sure that we touch it with clean hands. And do it in a way that God has prescribed in the house of God. Through the pastors of God, it said, this is how you have to do it, and that's how you have to do it. At that point, you can't say, well, I know better than the pastor. I'm going to do it anyway. And the wrath of God will come upon you. You won't even know why you're sick then after that. You know, what happened to the two people? What happened to the few people? What happened to the many people in the Bible who touched the vessels of God, who touched the ark of God, who went into the house of God and did what they should not have done? And some of them did with unholy hands. Some of them did what they should not have done. And what happened to them? Those are, those are all very uh, fearful, scary, real incidents that are recorded in the Bible. Why? So we know. We know. That the work of God is very serious. The house of God is Holy. Everything pertaining to God in the house of God is sanctified and is holy. 
God watches everything we do. God watches everything we say. God watches our sitting down and our rising up. God sees everything. The whole purpose of salvation is for a believer to be saved and to grow and to serve the Lord. Be of use to the kingdom of God, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May the Spirit of God speak to your hearts at this hour. I didn't plan to speak on this. God is the witness. I didn't read this text before. I came here. This portion is something that I might have read a long time ago. I don't even recall when was the last time I read this chapter. I'm reading other sections that the Lord leads me to, but not this one. That's how God leads when He gives the word. It's usually something that I never read in a while. It's a prophetic word God is speaking, so take it very seriously. God is speaking to you. If God is speaking to you, take it seriously. And do what you should do to make it right. Because it's whom the Lord loves, He chastens. Whom the Lord loves, He corrects. Whom the Lord loves, He rebukes. If God doesn't care, if God doesn't love, He's not going to say anything. He's going to say, God bless you and you're going to be blessed and you're going to prosper and whatever you do, you're going to prosper this morning and wherever you go, you're going to prosper and whatever you have, you're going to prosper. This is not a church that gives what people want to hear. This is God's house where God speaks. What God wants to say, God says. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. The prodigal son, he said, I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to my father. And I know the only way to go back to him is to repent. Go with a repentant heart. Really, go with a repentant heart. I'm going to ask God for forgiveness before I go to my father. Do you know what? He didn't say, what? I've asked God for forgiveness. I don't have to ask my dad for forgiveness. There are some people like that. I, I repented, I asked God for forgiveness, I'm not going to ask man, sorry, so proud. Well, if that's the case, God is not going to forgive you. True repentance is repent before God and whomever you need to ask forgiveness, seek forgiveness and reconcile, you need to do that. Only then, your next sentence will be heard by the Father in heaven, whatever you pray. Otherwise, it's not going to go past the roof. So, Knowing this, this prodigal son, he says, I want to repent. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against my father. It's important to understand. There are some people who use the scripture that David said, Lord, against you and against you have I sinned. And so what they say? They have committed adultery. They won't say anything to their spouse. They say, I sinned only before God. And they will not say a word. They'll play really good. God sees everything. They go and do something evil and will not tell the parents. Never do that. God is not mocked. Where you need to seek forgiveness, you have to. If you have done something wrong against your spouse, you need to ask for forgiveness. If you have done something that's wrong to your parents, you need to ask for forgiveness. Never say that, oh, I sinned against God only. No. If you've sinned against your parents, then you have sinned against your parents. If you've sinned against your spouse, you have sinned against your spouse. We must understand and not take scripture out of context in order to support one's own sin. So this boy, the prodigal son, obviously was raised by his father in the ways of God. He knew about God. He knew that he had to seek God's forgiveness. He knew. In order to go to his father, his father is a godly man. He has to reconcile. He has to repent. He can't just show up at the door. He can't think that, well, I go there, my dad will be so anxious. He's going to say, son, come on in. No. No. It doesn't work that way. 
Though his father loved him, true love has healthy boundaries. True love has healthy boundaries. And his father had true love. He had healthy boundaries. That's why he did not go after his prodigal son. True love has healthy boundaries. That's why the prodigal son knew that he cannot just return to his father whichever way he wanted to. May God speak to our hearts of this hour. God has healthy boundaries. When God chastens or rebukes, it's very important to fall prostrate before the living God and admit your sin. Repent before God and repent before man so that you can be blessed. So, that's what he does here in verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Is the first step. Humility is the first step to getting forgiveness from God and from man. Without humility, forgiveness will not be obtained. It cannot be obtained from God and cannot be obtained from man as well. So, he thinks about it. He says, I really need to do this. And he makes a wise choice. He made foolish choice and became a fool. Now, he came back to his senses. He's making a wise choice, which is to repent and to turn around and go back. Go out of the strange country. And go back to his father, to his father's house, to his own place, where he belonged. And he arose and came to his father. That's what he did. He got up and he came back to his father. When he was still a great way off, his father saw him. So it's not like you know he was in another town and his father saw him. His father can't see him. He's not God. He can't see someone who's very, very far away. When it says when he was far away, that means at a distance where he can see him from his door. So he was coming closer to his house. And the father saw the son who left, he's back. He knew. He can't come. He can't come. Unless he repented. He's back. He was dead before. Now he's alive. Why? Because he repented. He was lost, but now he's found. Why? Because he's repented. If you'd have not repented, then he would still be dead. He would still been lost. But because he repented, life came in. Because he repented, death left him. Because he repented, joy came in. Because he repented, he returned to his father. Because he repented, he turned away from sinful lifestyle he turned towards God and turned towards his father and went towards his father's house and the father shows all the love why? the son came back and the son said to him father I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and I am no longer worthy to be called your son again it's very important to take note over here that the father did not go after the son the son had to come back because the son left the house. The father didn't tell him to leave. The son left the house. The son left the house in order for the son to gain all the blessings and all the food that is there in the father's house. The son had to come back, return with a repentant heart and come back to the father and come back to the father's house. Now the father is rejoicing over 
the return of the son who came back with a repentant heart. And he's giving him good food, good clothing, and everything that he forfeited. Did he get his inheritance back? No. He did not get that back. And he will never get that back because he squandered it. However, he'll have good food. He has to work for his own inheritance now. Which his brother is also working with. His brother is multiplying what his father gave. But the prodigal son has to start from scratch. However, he's not in the street. He's not looking at the pig's food and trying to steal from there. He's at a far better place in his father's house again, safe. That's what repentance will do. Repentance will bring a person back to the father. Now what is lost is lost, but there's a new beginning. It can be a new beginning. So it's a warning for God's people. Don't forfeit what God has given. Don't live in the past if you forfeited something. Start over. Start fresh. Obviously, if you squandered what God has given, you have to work harder. That's the choice that you have to make. And you should. Do everything you can to begin your journey with God. Continue your journey with God. And end your journey with God. Never to stray from the Father's house. Never to stray from the Father's land. Never to stray from the Father. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? O Lord God of heaven and earth, who gives Seed to the sower and bread to the eater, who fills the souls of your people with your goodness. I thank you for today's manner that you have given to your people. Thank you for what you have spoken, Lord. Your word that you have spoken. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you for what you have spoken to this church. That they may keep the word of God before them all the days of their lives. That they may not forfeit what you've given. And if they have strayed from you, they may return to the Father's house. your people may understand the value of what is being invested in them by the Heavenly Father and to be faithful like the older brother to serve the Father in the Father's house and thereby be blessed to have whatever the Father has that they may be stewards good stewards and what the Father would entrust in their hands. And we thank you, Lord, for speaking to your people. Blessed be, brother, every sister, every child who's here this morning. To each person you have spoken your word. May they take it with all their hearts May they take it as it is from you. And may they live by it. As a servant, I bless your people this morning with the blessing that you alone can bless them with. The faithfulness may abound in this house of God. Where the people of God are gathered together who make up the house of God, where God is the God of this house of God. And every person in this house of God 
be faithful before God Almighty. Be holy in the presence of God without having eyes of adultery, without having mouth that is foul, without having ears that are filthy, without having hands that are defiled, without having bodies that are corrupt. May they come to the presence of God to serve you, Lord. With this blessing I bless your people with, that they may bear fruit unto repentance and be worthy of the blood of the Son of God that was shed for them. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.